0: This is episode number 48 of Under 10, a mini podcast on intimacy with Dr. Jessica Tartaro. That's me. In episode 47, I encouraged you to make sounds when you make love, including through whatever ways you are expressing your sensuality in life. Thank you everyone who vocalized your enjoyment of that show. This week, I want to share some sweet talk with you. Specifically, I want to talk about pet names and the kind of shorthand communication that can happen in an intimate relationship. I'm going to cover both the benefits as well as the risks of sweet talk. I know it seems impossible that there could be risks, but trust me, there are plenty. I hope you will keep listening to find out. So maybe you are over there in a long-term relationship and it's been years since you dated. Perhaps you are single and not dating, or perhaps you are in a new relationship. Wherever you find yourself on your relationship path, see if you can remember the beginning of your last relationship, which may be the current relationship you are in. The beginning is always wrapped in a filter of honey, the mind-altering magic of new relationship energy. From this state, you are very likely to see your new partner through an idealized glow. Though you know relatively little about them since you have only newly begun to date, it can be easy to imagine that they are everything you'd long hoped for and dreamed for. It's a beautiful, blissful time. It can be likened to being on a drug. Sleep and food needs can change. Symphonies can play everywhere you step. And gravity has a lesser hold on you at the start of a new love affair. I am a big fan of new relationship bliss. It is a balm to the lonely heart and deeply inspiring. It is also, I'm afraid, perilous in a number of ways. In the book of Laughter and Forgetting, which I read years ago in college, Franco-Czech author Milan Kundera writes about such risks. He says, Every love relationship rests on an unwritten agreement, unthinkingly concluded by the lovers in the first weeks of their love. They are still in a kind of dream, but at the same time, without knowing it, are drawing up, like uncompromising lawyers, the detailed clauses of their contract. Oh, lovers, be careful in those dangerous first days. Once you've brought breakfast in bed, you'll have to bring it forever unless you want to be accused of lovelessness and betrayal. I love this passage so much because it's so incisive and just damn true. The beginning of a relationship matters and I believe will determine the course of just about everything that will come in one way or another. It can seem harmless and very sweet to call a new lover a pet name early on. I've certainly done it. Honey or sweetheart have been my standards. I know babe or baby are very common for many couples. You probably have your own. I'd love to hear them. The subtle but very real risk in shifting from calling your lover by their first name to calling them sugar or honey, especially at the beginning is that you start to relate to an idea more than to a real-life, farting, burping, complex, and imperfect human. Inside of the theater of our minds, the person who we might call baby or darling, we might also expect to be perfectly patient all of the time, make love to us for hours without needing a break, always pick up their socks, never delay returning a phone call, and will listen to us talk indefinitely with an unwavering glow of adoration on their face. This description fits no living human, by the way. But inadvertently, it can be the expectation we associate with the person who gets the label of our favorite pet name. After the initial weeks, if you've accidentally slipped into relating to an impossibly idealized human rather than the new person unfolding in connection to you, it can get very, very messy. I'll never forget a girlfriend I dated towards the end of graduate school who, within a few weeks of our dating, began calling me honey. I can still hear her soft, sweet voice. As heartwarming as this was, I remember cringing every time she called me that. I felt uncomfortable with how quickly I became that to her. We were dating long distance, and our process of getting to know one another was slow, and I wanted to keep it slow. I remember building up the courage to ask her to use my name instead of Honey, though I didn't really know why then. I only knew that I felt she wasn't relating to me, the actual living specific me, when she called me honey. I felt lumped in somehow by that term, like I was now in a role, not necessarily free to embody my specific expression in that moment of dating her. There's a hilarious song that demonstrates this point well, called I Never Call My Sweetheart by His Name. Folk singer-songwriter Christine Lavin cleverly sings from the perspective of a woman who has just too many lovers to keep track of. In order to avoid mixing up their names, she calls them any one of a long litany of terms of endearment that make up the catchy chorus of the song. It's a smart comedic tune, but there's also truth in its levity pet names often create less intimacy, not more. In the case of the character singing the song, pet names entirely replace treating her lovers like distinct individuals. I'll include the YouTube in the show notes. It's worth a listen. One way to figure out that you may have fallen into this pitfall is when your partner says or does something that falls decidedly outside of what you imagined your honey bun or sugar bear might do, And you are flabbergasted and can't quite figure out how they could have so significantly deviated from the character script. It's not, of course, that they have deviated from anything. They are just being themselves. The problem is that you, unfortunately, may have fallen in love with an idea of them, not the actual them. It's possible to recover from this unfortunate distortion. In episode number 35, I emphasize how critical establishing friendship is with your partner. It's never too late to build and fortify the friendship. It's just a little harder to do when sex, romance, and commitments have already entered into the picture. Nonetheless, getting curious about who your partner is, distinct from your idea of who you believe your partner should be for you, can be a powerful pathway out of the illusion and into the grounded reality of human relating. There is nothing wrong with wishing someone would fulfill your every longing and dream. Ironically, it's when you rush into clutching onto a new relationship that it can slip through your fingers. Despite the force of your longing, and as hard as it can be, when you have the discipline to allow yourself to build trust slowly with a prospective significant other, without rushing commitments or sex, is when you truly might create the kind of grounded and healthy relationship that you have hungered for all along. I'll be honest, I call my husband by a variety of pet names, mostly for his ears only, but it was really only after we got married that those terms of endearment took hold. Unlike most of my other relationships, I believe we grew into those names, rather than those names representing shoes that were too big for anyone ever to fill. For this week's homework, if you are in a new or long-term relationship, slow down and ask your partner a series of curious questions. For example, ask about when they felt most free as a child Ask about what feels holy to them. Ask about what makes them scared. Get them to tell you about a recurrent sleeping or waking dream. Improvise according to your curiosity. See if you can listen to hear the person in front of you, not the program you might expect from them. If you are not in a love relationship but are willing to practice with a friend, share the same questions. Cultivating grounded intimacy in friendship is equally important as grounded intimacy in a romantic relationship. Then for bonus points and a good laugh, listen to the song in the show notes to close your practice. New love is both a power and a responsibility. I hope you will consider slowing down in your path of relating in order to get to know the next new person you fall for to ensure you have a bedrock of grounded health from which to build the relationship you've always wanted. This is Dr. Jessica Tartaro with Under 10, a mini podcast on intimacy. ho, ho, ho.